Nelson made the final. Let's go. Wait. Uh, what? Excuse me? TJ, what? What did, what did you just say, TJ? Excuse me? Plus, fancy dinner parties. Logan finally fixes the chessboard three weeks later. Balls are being thrown at everyone. And CT puts on a Hall of Fame performance from start to finish. And I'm not just talking about the Daily Challenge. I'm talking the whole episode. It's the Challenge Spies, Lies, and Allies. Episode 17 recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollaball. Thank you so very much for being here with us today or tonight, whatever you want to call it, whenever you're listening. Thank you for being here on this podcast. We are covering all things episode 17 of Spies, Lies, and Allies, and hot damn. Was it a kick-ass episode? So much to get to. We will do so very, very quickly. Only one quick note really to make beforehand. Head on over to our YouTube page at Challenge Historian. Check out our video pitching the greatest possible season of the challenge ever called Generations. The reactions, the discussions, everything about that video thus far have been hella fun to take part in. Loving hearing everyone's reactions to that. So head on over to YouTube. Check out that video if you haven't already and let me know if you agree or disagree and with what parts you might that I have not come up with the best season of the challenge in the history of the challenge. And of course, if you are double dipping challenge fans, also taking part in the all-stars to goodness that is coming out every Thursday, then remember that we've got that recap episode for you too. That'll be out tomorrow or, you know, today when, by the time you're listening to this today or has been out, depending when you're listening to this, it's out one way or the other. If you're watching All-Stars 2, make sure you are hitting that follow or subscribe button wherever you are listening or watching this podcast so that you don't miss an episode and you're getting all the coverage. If you're watching all the shows, you should get all the coverage. I'm right there with you. With that, let's get to recapping this banger of an episode because... Uh, I don't I don't want to uh, pat myself on the back because it has nothing to do with me. Unfortunately, I still have nothing to do with the actual making of this show, but still sitting here and willing, Buna Murray, take all my ideas, add me to the production in any way you want to, always open and available. But I did, around the middle of the season, start to say that, hey, you know, some, some folks out there were a little down on this season. Maybe it wasn't providing the best content we've ever gotten from the challenge and for to some degree I was a little there too but in a large part I was maybe liking it more than the rest but I did start to point out that the more less suspenseful the first half was and the more it was just well who which rookies going home this week you know it was gonna set up for an amazing ending to the season something that doesn't always happen some of the best seasons kind of trickle out at the end once you weed out all the fun has been had and we're kind of know exactly who's going to be left this one has been the reverse of most in the past we have gotten an unbelievable final third of the season this is the fourth or fifth straight episode that has been absolute fire and we loved it so we're going to recap all of it right now which we will start with our cliff notes recap then discuss the storylines follow that with our awards give a final update to the power rankings there's only one episode left and any last minute predictions for the finals all of that coming up right now sound good Great, let's go. Kicking off with our Cliff Notes recap of the whole episode and just for a quick little behind the scenes since 
95% of you or more, maybe every single person that is hearing this is only hearing this and not seeing this on YouTube. Had to do a quick little outfit adjustment. It was getting a little too warm and why would I be wearing my own branded content when I could be showing off the What's 8 Time 9s where Devin Walker brand celebrating Devin making the finals or did he, did he not? I don't know, but What's 8 Times 9 one of the best shirts I have ever purchased. If you're still looking for holiday gifts for that challenge fan in your life, no free ads here, but I'm going to go ahead and say head on over to Wear Devin Walker. Maybe you go to uh, No Limits, Nelly T's clothing brand. A lot of them got great stuff you could buy. Check out your favorite challengers and see what they're promoting. Maybe you can sneak in a little last minute Christmas gift if I can talk for yourself, even if you got no one else. So got the wardrobe changed. We're ready to go. We're ready to talk about this episode. Let's do the Cliff Notes recap as quickly as we can. An action-packed episode. This is going to take a moment, but we'll talk as quickly as we can, hit all the plot points, everything that happened in episode 17, Spies, Lies, and Allies. Here we go. Three, two, one, and we're off. The CT episode begins. He's working out. He's calling his wife. He's being the best dad. He's ready to win another championship and add to that resume. A nice Emmanuel and Tori moment is squeezed in between CT content. Emmanuel wants to win to help his family. Very loving, very adoring, wonderful to see. Tori is winning for her to prove she is strong solo, doesn't need a guy by her side. Also wonderful to hear. Back to CT, which is the topic of all the other males in the house conversation while playing pool. Everyone is kind of scared of going into an elimination person, but no one knows. Should we take a shot? Should we not take a shot? Logan fixes that chessboard that he broke literally weeks ago before we are off to a daily challenge. It's called Dead Drop. The teams must go from one side of a platform to another to retrieve capsules and bring them back. They have 10 total possible capsules. The other team get to swing balls at them as they go across this balance beamy thing. Key rule made known up front that once everyone has attempted one time, that only one person has to keep going over and over and over per team if they so choose. That turns out to be very, very, very important because CT literally just does it all by himself. He gets seven for his team. That is their total team score because he is the only one that gets one. Then taking over, going solo, just kicking ass like only CT can. His team in the lead, but now it's Ruby's turn and they're not able to come close to matching. They only get three. Emerald, though, puts up an impressive showing. Well, three of the five do at least, but the other two know their strengths. So hats off to them for that. They get as a team seven, but not quite as fast as CT did on his own. So Sapphire gets the win and is the final agency. Back of the house, and the cast gets a fancy dinner night out by the ocean. It looks lovely. It seems like they had plenty of fun, but eventually they do get into just regular old team meetings, even at a beautiful backdrop restaurant. Logan and Nelson promise not to call each other out. If chosen, Devin and Manuel know they are likely the targets of the agency. At nominations, no one will say anything bad about anyone else, much to the annoyance of Amanda, who wants to see some fireworks, but also to the annoyance of CT, who wants someone to give him any reason to pick someone else, someone to say anything. In the end, they choose Logan to send into the lair. At that lair, the game is a little unclear heading in. Logan picks Emmanuel to go against, honoring his promise to Nelson, but also saving Devin. Talk more about that later. Bad choice because they are playing Rocket Run. They've got 15 seconds to run across the lair, hopping over a rocket along the way, flip a switch, run back, hop back over, flip a switch at their starting point. Make it back in time, you do it again. You don't make it, you lose. After dozens of continuous rounds, TJ announces 15 seconds way too long. We're dropping this thing down to 10. Another handful of rounds later, everyone's exhausted. Logan finally trips over the rocket, takes a fall, and Manuel gets his first elimination win. Logan is going home. Emmanuel gets the win and rejoins the group without choosing a team because... Shocker! TJ has a twist and two more people are about to get eliminated. Holy shit! And that's where it ends. 
So, whew, that was a lot. That was a lot, a lot, a lot that happened in that episode. All of it was amazing start to finish. So let's dive back on into all of it and talk about storyline by storyline, go through the whole dang thing. Here we go. Bunch, a bunch of storylines to get to here, but there is only one place to start with this episode. And no, it's not the twist that will be coming. We'll talk about that way, way, way at the end. We don't do everything in order here, but that's not going to be first because the only thing we can talk about first is this is far and away the CT episode. Almost almost every one of the episodes uh, to some degree kind of, you know, it, it has a plenty of people that are focal points. Um, you know, usually the two that end up in an elimination are certainly pretty featured in the episode, but there's always, you know, I would say at least half, uh, 50 to 70% or even more episodes of the challenge are kind of one person is the one that dominates the episode in this one. We couldn't have picked anyone better to dominate because he's one of, if not the best, to ever do it. And that is CT. He dominates this episode literally start to finish, similar to how he dominated that daily challenge start to finish, which we'll talk about the the daily challenge as a whole here in a little bit. So we'll kind of save our our coverage of how unbelievably good he is at the daily and how much better he is at just everyone else at everything in this universe um, for when we talk about the daily challenge. But CT episode from the start. Love, love, love. We get the opening with, you know, literally the whole episode starts with just a montage of everyone working out, which for the most part, I'm like, all right, I've seen at this point of the season, I've I've seen Casey lift weights plenty. I've seen Nelson do rope plenty. I've seen everyone run on the hills plenty. I've seen everyone jump in the pool and swim plenty. But then it gets to where CT is, I don't even know what all the different exercises he's doing, but he's got his shirt off and he's reminding everyone I'm back to prime CT just because I'm in my 40s don't mean shit like and yeah they're gonna they're gonna milk that for everything they can as they should um, and it dives right from the workout montage into CT calls home via zoom still have so many questions I just want I want answers every season on like how often are they allowed to do this because it would be you know the the sanity it would provide if CT was getting to do this like every three or four days versus you know Hey, it's been three weeks, CT. You get your second call of the season. You know, how much are they getting to do this? But regardless, I'm glad that they're at least getting to do it sometimes, a very one one off once in a while. And I'm glad we're getting to see some of it because, man, CT is just the best dad. <laughs> Everything about this is great. We get to see Lily and we get to see CT's kid who I am blanking on his name. I didn't think I would need to put it in the notes, but... I maybe did where we got here. CJ, there we go. I knew it was, I didn't want to say it was CT the second or something. It sounded extremely dumb. But CJ, who we have seen photos of the moment he came into the world as a baby, and it really kind of put a timestamp on this whole, you know, what started as kind of a dad bod era uh, for CT or just the dad era of CT. CJ's looking big. I don't know how many old, how many years old he is, but. Uh, he's, he's flexing those muscles. He's chatting a little bit, uh, and CT, the dad, the husband, the family man is just everything about it's perfect. That zoom call is so heartwarming. Everything, just everything was, everything was great, including some of the quotes CT was dropping. Uh, one of, you know, uh, I got a, you want, you want me to stay and win that money? Got to get that ice cream money. I believe, should I come home? Do I, or should I just stay here and win another million dollars? Well, it'll come up in the quotes of the week, but 
all that was amazing. Again, CT then goes on and dominates the daily challenge. He is the star of the show for that entire segment. He then dominates the nominations, which uh, we will, I'm going to, I'm going to save for now. I'm, you know what? Actually, I just want to play right now. Um, the whole nomination process is, uh, we won't talk about it anywhere else really. So we might as well just talk about it here. <laughs> No one will say anything, which I guess is is probably the best strategy um, at this point. Because if you're, you know, if you're Nelson or you're Logan and you are thinking at all about joining Sapphire, do you want to tell CT that and either make him not want to, you know, does he want to throw you in to have maybe like if you're Nelson, is it actually smart to be like, I don't want CT to know I might secretly come to his team because if he wants that, he's throwing me in and I don't want to lose. Um no one will say anything. It seems like the smart play, but it's definitely the boring play. And thank goodness we've got Amanda and CT there who are like, no, 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 we need, we need te- guys. We're making a television show. Remember some of you seem to forget that from time to time. There can't just be all kumbaya. No one talking like, let's see some fireworks. CT goes, goes off on them. Um, and in only a way that CT is the only single person, not only in this cast or in this house, but maybe one of the very, very few, if not only people in any challenge cast members ever that could just like kind of have this little rant and it's not super mean or anything. And it's not super, you know, it's not like against any one person, but anyone else has a rant like this and someone else is being like, Hey, what the fuck? Like calm down, but not CT. So let's just hear that in full real quick. Really, I look at you know what? Look, it's not really hard. Everybody is assuming, everybody's hoping for Emmanuel because he hasn't gone in yet. There's five of them on that team. If we're gonna weaken Emerald, we should be taking a shot at him. He hasn't gone in. He's done more for me. You've done more for me. You've done more for me. Let's be honest. We all know what time it is. We and him have been great, but it just come down to these numbers. Stop bull people. One of you guys say something or do something to save your ass. But both of you keep saying you're going to do different things all the time, so we can't get a read on it. It's like you're both just saying what you think somebody's going to hear, which makes trusting either one of you impossible. So I'm just as confused as anybody else at this point. Like, nobody knows what anybody's going to do. It's all going to happen when we get there. People are going to see what it is, and they're going to do what they can to survive. That's what's going to happen. So, guys, somebody's going to get sabotaged one way or another here. Nobody wants to go in at the same time. Nobody wants to say a name because... Nobody wants to get called out. But this is uh, the last elimination before the final, and nobody's fighting for it. I'm getting frustrated. So he's the star of the show in the nominations, the daily challenge, the calls home throughout the entire, entire episode. He is the star of the show, and whew, it's just so good to see. It's so good that he's still on our television screens 20 years later, 20 whatever years later since it's been real world Paris. I guess it hasn't maybe been full 20 years. Well, I wonder... I should look that up, but 17 years, 18 years, whatever it's been. Um, can't believe he's still here. Can't believe he's still kicking everyone's ass. Can't believe he's still dominating our television screens and being hands down the most entertaining part of it. Hats off to CT. A couple other things to discuss before we get to some of the sporting events of the episode, which were both quite good and deserving of 
long discussions. Uh, Tori, quick note there. We've got our first mention of Jordan in the entire season. Was wondering if that would ever come up, and it does. And it's, you know, in a, in a nice moment of, you know, her saying, you know, I'm here playing for myself this time because, you know, I went through this tough situation. I felt like I fell down this mountain and I'm climbing my way back up and I'm doing it by myself for me. And a lot of self-love in there and just, it all made me as a fan of Tori feel great. I'm sure the comments of uh, when she says something along the lines of like, it feels like it's meant to be that she's going to make a final or whatever. I'm sure that the haters out there uh, will take that and be like, oh, look at, look at them being cocky or confident or something, but I don't care. Way to go, Tori. Awesome stuff. And uh, was was in, interested all season if, if that story would be mentioned at all, just because how, you know, it's one thing to have someone's, you know, they're all sharing their personal lives with us. It's one thing to have uh, someone have a relationship end like that or that big of a relationship, you know, totally off the show. Still probably was going to get mentioned or brought up on the show, but to have, you know, the bulk of their relationship have happened on a season and been the dominating story of a season on War of the Worlds 2, um, it was only a matter of time. to It had to get mentioned at some point on this. So it does, and it was in a nice little moment. Speaking of that moment, we also had a Manuel in that situation, the two of them laying out there in the sun on the blanket. We get some more backstory for Emmanuel. Very, very good to have. Seems a little late to be finally filling us in on a little bit more about Emmanuel. We pretty much just knew he was a dancer from Romania. And, you know, that's still a lot of what we know, but we get a little bit more of, you know, the history of his family that he's playing for them. He wants to get his mom back into Romania and just give them a much easier life than the one they have had previously. He wants to get himself then to LA where there's the biggest dance scene in the world to really, you know, help his career launch to the next level. It's all wonderful stuff. Um, and it's very, very nice to get some real backstory and some real kind of emotional attachment to Emmanuel that for the most part of the seasons, he's been amazing. He's been wonderful. His quotes have been fantastic. He's been great energy, all this, the, the montages of him dancing is all of it's been great. He's performed amazingly. I just feel like we haven't got, you know, and it's, it's not on him. It's on, you know, kind of the editing side of things and just how many people there were to introduce us to, but I don't feel like we've had that many moments like this from him. So Great to get to know some things from him. And quick note on Emmanuel and Tori in that whole conversation. Tori asks, did you win Survivor? And I, if if I could have paused, the, I'm watching this thing live just like everyone else. So I can't, I, well, I don't know, everyone else. Maybe you have a way to pause whatever you're watching on. I'm just streaming it on MTV.com. So I, I don't have the ability to pause the episode in the middle of it to my knowledge. But if I would have, have that power, I would have done it because I was, my jaw dropped. I'm like, Tori, haven't you guys been like, I know the romance kind of happened like around maybe the midpoint of the season started kicking in and your, you know, any real relationship started blossoming, but it took you this long to ask, Hey, how did you do on that show that you were on before? Did you win? Oh, you got second. My bad. Didn't mean to mention that. I found that to be absolutely hilarious. Um, how much time have you guys actually spent together? Laugh out loud. Um, but uh, yeah, that was great. All love here. Just thought that was really, really funny. Um, next thing, we get a fantastic restaurant that they get to go to. TJ absolutely hooking them up near the end of their time in Croatia here. We got the boat last week. We've got the restaurant this week. It very much felt like um, the 
the moment they go there, I'm like, kind of like, oh my God, are they, is TJ going to walk in and announce they're at the final or whatever? And, you know, the guys are fine because it felt like that there's kind of a history on the show of if you, especially when they have to travel to go to the final, it's like, you made it to the final. Congrats. Here's your plane tickets. We're going somewhere else. They get there and they usually get to go have like one big, really nice party or not party, nice dinner at a, you know, nice restaurant or whatever. And, uh, kind of celebrate the fact that they made it. So it felt in the moment, like it was about to be that, um, which if that would have been the case, that would have been, I, if, if that would have happened and I was one of the women on the show, I'd be like, what the fuck? So that's why I'd, I kind of had a moment of like, are they, did they make the final? Is that what, is TJ going to walk out? And I was like, wait, 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 they literally can't do that. It would be a riot if they did that and it deserved riot. But regardless, fantastic restaurant, Oceanside, they're really taking advantage of their location in Croatia this whole season. It all looks beautiful. Hope to one day visit there. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll look up this very same restaurant. Then uh, nominations, I did have it listed. Didn't realize I had it listed. We talked about that earlier with CT. And the only other storyline before the two uh, actual sporting events or anything that's going to be covered in awards is the twist at the end of the episode. Two more people getting eliminated before the final. We will talk about that later when we do our power rankings. We'll save that for the end since it's kind of an after uh, cliffhanger, if you will, at the end of the episode. Not if you will. Literally, it was the cliffhanger of the episode. But we're going to talk about the end. Let's talk about the daily challenge real quick. Daily challenge. If I had to grade this one, which I give all of them a grade when I remember to give them a grade, this one, A minus. I'm not gonna go full on A or A plus, but it definitely, definitely, definitely deserves to be in the A range. This is a 90% or above, nine out of 10, sure thing, no problem. A minus, it brought to us Great Falls, which is something, they they have lots of people falling into water every, you know, on, it, feels like half the episodes of any given season, they got people falling into water. It doesn't always actually work out the way they think, you know, or seem to think it's going to visually. Sometimes it's better than others. Um, sometimes the falls are more, uh, you know, you know, I don't want anyone to get hurt. Uh, but like TJ, I definitely find myself laughing here and there when someone takes a really horrible fall. I try, unlike TJ, it seems, to wait to see, did they come up? Are they bleeding? Are they okay? Do they seem to know where they are and what their name is? Okay, now I can laugh at that. Um, but it brought the the best kind of people falling into water. It was very difficult physically, as we saw. Not that many people able to complete it all that often. Um, always love whenever the other teams get to fuck with the team that is going. We've said that a couple times this season when it's happened. Always, always love that, especially when it doesn't. I, you know, it's fun that it can lead to some strategy and teaming up or whatever, but when it doesn't, it's just like, no, we're all given a effort on everyone. It's even, even better. Love the, the obvious making of the rules that are, Hey, if you've got a CT on your team, he can just do all of it for the most part, feel free because make no bones about it. All of these teams, if they would have wanted to, could have went the strategy of who's the best person for this. You're going to attempt all 10 of them because even though everyone had to go quote, go one time, they could have done what Amanda and Nani did and just jump off. Even if TJ is going to roast you, even if then you have to climb up that ladder and you're going to get roasted by TJ again for not being able to climb up the ladder, which I love that if there was a couple minutes, diff, uh, a few minutes, maybe even a commercial break between the two things happening of, uh, <laughs> 
I think it was Devin maybe points out that uh, in like a confessional, like, hey, you know, Amanda and Nani are useless, so they just jump off and they can't even climb up the rope. So they're not going to help us out get the win today. Um, and that happens, and I even put it down in my note of like, oh my God, can they really not get up the rope or are they just like, we're just going to stay down here because why would we climb up or whatever? And then minutes later, TJ is out here like, Amanda, what's going on? Get up there, climb the rope. Gosh, what are you doing? Just roast them. Love that. But Anyone could have just jumped off, and similar to Nani, it, uh, her first time running, or her only time, I guess, going across, made it also very known. It's not just you have to jump off. It's it's very clear and evident. The rule is, um, as long as you don't pick up one of those 10 things on the other side, then you just fall off, jump off, and your turn's done. You don't have to go ever again. One person can go all, time, all 10 times if they really, really wanted to. CT and Sapphire are the only ones that fully take advantage of that. Hats off to the rest, the other two teams when Emerald was going to at least try to get them into making that mistake by not throwing any at Nani and letting her walk all the way across before she realized and her team realized, hey, once you pick that up, you've got to get back. Otherwise, you can just jump and she jumped, whatever. Um, CT, though, is obviously the story. Not only you know, from the strategy standpoint of, you know, Kyle and Emmy, just sit back, let me do this. Um, when none of the other teams necessarily went that route. Um, and I thought the Ruby team, Logan could have went that route and probably should have, I think Tori and Nelson had way too much pride to let that happen. But, uh, while he, you know, he was two out of three, I think, um, he got there only two and he, or did no Tori got one, Nelson got one, someone else, they had three, but anyways, they should have had Logan go every single time. Um, they should have put their pride to the side and said, you know, long, lanky surfer who's quick, who's smart, who clearly understands this. Once they all went once and, you know, they and Tori and Nelson fell, they should have went Logan only because as CT proved, your best chance is putting your best person and doing all of them. The fact that CT went seven for seven is mind-blowing. This is not an easy thing. He makes it look so damn easy the whole time. He flies across. He's catching the balls. He's throwing the balls back at the other people, which was an amazing moment that first run when he realizes at the end, and I think he even says in confessional, you know, I realize I can grab onto the balls. I realize I can throw them back, or I think maybe Devin says it about CT. Someone says it, references it, but he does. He literally, on his first trip, catches the final ball, gets back on the main platform, and then just whips it at the people standing on the other side. He doesn't knock anyone off, but they're not standing on that big of a platform. They could fall off, in theory, and then, you know, not be there to throw at the rest of your team. That's interesting. No one else really went for that strategy of should I catch and throw back? Um, but CT dominates all across the board. At one point, he literally on the near the end jumped, grabbed one of the balls in the air and kind of rode on it for a second onto the far platform. Just insane stuff. How he's so much better than them at this at this stage is just uh, it's just mind blowing. Um, you know, it's like watching Tom Brady in, in, in the Super Bowl again. It's like watching LeBron James in NBA finals at 36 or whatever. It's, it's just insane. It, this isn't supposed to be happening and it is. And he's only seemingly still getting better. He's literally way better than he was a few seasons ago. He's back to basically, I would, I mean, he might be better now than he's ever been just from the experience and the, the, the intelligence side and kind of being a little more mentally stable than he might've been early on, even if he's not, you know, he's not a hundred percent what he was physically, but he's damn close and everything else is off the charts. He's better than he's ever been. 
Um, final note on daily challenge hats off to Devin Casey and Manuel. I did not have any expectation. Once CT got seven, I was like, this is a wrap. That's over. Did not think they were going to, those three, uh, were going to be able to get to seven and they, you know, high pressure. They got the last five in a row, especially hats off to Devin who takes a lot of shots, even at himself for the physical side of the game in this episode, which is fair and, uh, is, is wonderful that, you know, he's willing to analyze himself much the way. You know, Nani and Amanda look at themselves in honest terms in this daily, and they're like, the best thing for us to do is jump off, right? Good. Got it done. That's how we all help our team. He, you know, can talk about himself in honest terms, but also I think he got three of those seven, three or four, maybe four, because I think Emmanuel only gets, I think I want to say he only gets the one, the last one when they're like on their seventh, and Devin's got three or four, and Casey's got two or three, and it's like, you failed every single time. Should you be get one going to get the last one? I thought you were going to be great at this, but you haven't shown it, but then he gets it. They get to seven. They tie CT though. Obviously when you're going by yourself, just back and forth and literally sprinting across it, uh, you're going to win time pretty easily. Final storyline then before we talk awards, which will help us get to a couple other little moments that we want to discuss the layer. Got to talk about the other athletic event, the layer full blown a, I'm going to stop just short of a plus. Uh, but this one's an A. I think I don't remember. My memory sucks. I don't can't even remember back to last week. But I feel like we've had a cup. We've had a lot of high high Bs and in A scores from daily challenges and layer eliminations um, in the last few weeks, which which we love. We did on our review preview predict and slash just hope for a not so fast uh, elimination which we didn't get, but maybe, who knows, maybe there's still a chance for that to uh, sneak in here. We'll talk about that twist again later, but the layer, an A, absolutely fantastic. Love the simplicity, love the cruelty. This is cruel. This is this is brutal, brutal, brutal to do to these guys, and it's that weird balance where it's somehow just unbelievably nerve-wracking and anxious and suspenseful to watch even though what's actually happening is incredibly boring they're just running back and forth um at the beginning rather slowly and you're just watching them do that i don't that's not a shot obviously saying slowly properly proper speed that they need to to get back and forth in 15 seconds um but it's so nerve wracking to watch, even though it should actually be boring as hell to watch, but it's not. So just a beautiful mixture of simplicity and cruelty and just loved everything about it. A all around. Now let's talk about, uh, the actual performances, but first the pick Logan, (sighs) look when I, uh, you know, I don't want to totally Monday morning quarterback this and, you know, hindsight, uh, able to look and be like, how do you not pick Devin in this? Because now obviously, you know, we're aware it's an endurance thing and you know, he, he's, you know, he's going to fight like hell. But if you're picking, I've got to do an endurance challenge versus Devin Nelson or Manuel, you're going to pick Devin. I think he would happily, you know, not happily, but be like, yeah, you're, you're correct. Like, I don't think he would try to say no. Um, not that it would be a guaranteed win, uh, by any means, but, uh, definitely should have picked Devin and yes, we have the hindsight, but I'm thinking the, the brief glimpses we have as we walk in and we do get then a full commercial break when he's, when they're waiting to see who he picks. So to kind of think about it. So I did really think about it and I did put in my notes. It looks like a puzzle could be in play cause there was some kind of numbers or letters on the rocket. But the thing you've got to pick up on when you have no idea what the hell you're looking at is 
there were four switches. There was, and they were very kind of clearly like, there's two courses here. There's there's a switch, a rocket, a switch, and there's you know there's two of everything. And they're set up in a way. There's a a clock. You know, are you should you be able to instantly in that moment if you're Logan put together exactly what you're doing? No, I would definitely maybe if I was there, I feel like I definitely would have thought there was a puzzle element to it. But seeing the multiple switches, I feel like you would have had to know some one way or the other. Where we've got to we've got to touch all of this is involved. There's a switchway over there. There's a rocket in the middle. There's a switchway over here. All of this is involved. That's going to mean we're moving around. That means there's physical element to it. And if you get to that point, you don't pick a man. Well, um, if you think there's a puzzle element, but you know, there's a physical element. If you would have went for Nelson and been like, I just think, I think there's might be a puzzle involved and I was wrong, but I went for Nelson cause Emmanuel can run and Devin can do puzzles. And so I, you know, I'm going with the guy in the middle, whatever, um, but you got to pick Devin in that spot. He doesn't, he picks a man. Well, who is easily suited better than anyone, maybe in the game from the beginning of the game to now, just who's left uh period to win this one. I actually, uh, if it wouldn't mean anyone had to go home, I would love to just see what Nelson versus Manuel in this would have been like. Cause I also think Nelly T is just in unbelievable shape and would have, actually as he said died in there to win like if he if he would have tripped the way logan would he would have scrambled and figured out how to get there and still flip the thing and got back in it whatever i think that would have been an amazing matchup but i didn't want to see it because i wanted to see nelson in the finals and we might have got nelson in the finals but maybe not because there's that twist which we'll get to later but um emmanuel absolutely crushes it definitely the best suited for this not just from you know, we know he's fast very much, and we think he has really good endurance. We we don't 100% know that yet. We're starting to know it. I think this was another clear indicator of it. Um, hard to tell with their team last week in the daily challenge, you know, with alternating who's carrying bags, how much they're walking versus running. Looked like he had very good uh, endurance, but we still don't 100% lock it in. No, we feel like we can, but we're not 100% there. This one almost nearly locks it down. He's not just super fast. He can run forever. Um, but also the dancing thing, it comes into play in two ways. One, he's a very, he's a lighter dude than Logan. So the jumping over the, the rocket is always going to be a little bit, not easier for him, but I mean, yeah, actually easier, uh, cause he doesn't weigh as much and it's easier for him to jump over it with less effort than Logan. Um, and then combo, he also is extremely coordinated and even though he's never probably done hurdles or something before, he was making that hop look super easy every time and super coordinated. He got in a rhythm of doing it the exact same way, confident he would never miss, confidently clearing it by a large margin, which is eventually what eventually you know cost Logan as he got tired enough that he couldn't keep his form. He was doing a lot more hand side jump over, not able to you know just hop and clear it the way Emmanuel was. So Worst pick he could have probably made in the situation. Not that he had a ton of great options in front of him. Emmanuel gets his win, gets his moment, which uh, I'm I'm sad to see Logan go home. I'm sad to see who anyone at this point. I I I, let, I wish all of these people could be in the final, but I am glad to see you. You just you know you're always no matter how great of a performance it is, no matter how much you want to applaud someone's political or social game, a rookie 
making the final without ever having to do an elimination does always just leave that little bit, which could be super duper interesting when they come back and you're like, yo, I made a final or I won even, and I didn't go in an elimination. Now everyone hates me. Now everyone wants to throw me in and I'm going to have to go in five or six. It can be very interesting, but it just leaves that little bit of mm, your first time. You should probably, you know, the whole, you know, long ago earn your stripes that Johnny Bananas would love to talk about and love to use it as an excuse for why he shouldn't go in and someone else always should. Uh, but it was it, it's nice to say that everyone went, all of the rookies went into an elimination after this. And it was only fitting that on the season of just rookie annihilation, 19 to start with, only two uh, make the final 10. Um, and even in it, it has to be a rookie versus rookie when they're friends and they don't want to go against each other and they get a choice in it. And yet they still end up, he chooses the other rookie and Emmanuel goes down. So Emmanuel gets his moment. It's wonderful. He dominates. He drinks Logan's blood. That was, that was a hilarious moment coming through on that. And, uh, he proves that, um, as we'll talk about again later with this twist, sounds like there's not going to be any teams, which means, Sounds like, uh, CT, you might be having to keep up with Emmanuel on, uh, some running and that could be a little tricky for he and everyone else in there. So we'll talk power rankings in a bit, but he might be shooting up them. So that's the layer, the daily challenge, Tory, Emmanuel, CT nominations, the restaurant, all the things really worth talking about. So with that, let's end this segment and move into handing out some hardware and talk awards, which will give us a chance to talk about a couple other smaller moments that we haven't gotten to quite yet. Let's talk some strategy first. Best strategy, worst strategy, best moment, best quote, episode MVP, five awards, as always, to hand out. Let's start with that good strategy, which unfortunately, there was a lot more bad strategy than good strategy this episode, but there was uh, a few pieces of good strategy. Um, really, the, the two biggest ones are, and the only real nominees are the ones we've actually mentioned before. One is to CT for going alone and being the only one across any of the three teams, especially having done it first makes it even more, I mean, his experience shown through in so many, so many ways. But going first and being the one to grasp the rules right away and realize I can do this by myself, get out my way, I'll win this for us. Kyle, you sit down. Emmy, you sit down. Um, him going alone, that was the only strategy for them. It worked out in spades. So that is nominee number one. Nominee number two, Amanda and Nani for jumping off and being honest about them, their abilities and not trying to play hero and also realizing it's a guy's day. If if we gave truth serum right now to Devin and Emmanuel and told them, do you want us to try or not? They would definitely tell us to jump off. Devin did over multiple times say, no, 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 no. What are you doing? Just jump off. So Amanda and Nani, way to be honest with yourselves, way to take one for the team and way to jump off. Um, and Amanda still found her way, should be noted. I, I really want to know. She she jumps off the first time. TJ Roaster for not being able to climb up the ladder. She climbs up the ladder. She gets up there, and then she kind of just sneaks in front of Devin's like, nope, I'm going to go again. And she makes it about three quarters of the way across, and Tori knocks her off, and Amanda had knocked Tori off. She had a laugh about that. Tori gets Amanda back. She has a laugh about that. Um, I enjoy the both the spiteful nature of their relationship and how much they clearly don't like each other, but yet they're also both willing to have fun with it. And there, there does seem to be a hint of respect there um, underneath all of it, but uh, still love, love the back and forth. But I really want to know, was Amanda... <laughs> 
if she would have got all the way across, was she going to pick up one of the capsules? Was she going to potentially be like, you know what? All of you didn't want me on your team. Sorry, Devin. Here goes nothing, but I'm going to actually try. And then would she have actually done it? I just think it would have been great. So I think Tori, uh, Amanda gets the last laugh on this one because you shouldn't have knocked her off. You should have waited, let her, you should have let her pick up, see if she would pick up that uh, capsule or not, but couldn't help herself, had to knock her off. And I bet it felt good. But those are the two nominees for best strategy. And in uh, in what maybe, possibly, I got to look here. Oh, I'm not going to be able to quite happen, but CT gets best strategy for sure. Um, he's not going to be able to sweep all the awards because he's not nominated for all of them, four of the five, yes, but not the fifth one, which is the worst strategy, which three nominees for that one. Could have been more if I really wanted to be picky and really, really, really wanted to Monday morning quarterback this thing and just act like I somehow know better than all these people who have played the show over and over and over again. But I've watched it over and over and over again, so maybe I do. Probably not. But anyways, there was some clear and obvious that anyone, even after the fact, those themselves might point out not the best strategy. First one, the every male on Ruby and Emerald. So all four of you that eventually ended up in uh, or up for elimination, all of you not teaming up to target CT. Ruby and Emerald should have had an alliance. Devin, you should have done it. You should have said Aquamarine to the side, whatever the hell ruby and emerald makes that's the new alliance one day only tori bring your team over with mine and decide who gets to win but one way or the other we need to throw ct into elimination um and they didn't do that at all they didn't even attempt to the conversation at the pool table is like really this is the best you can come up with is someone could just mention that ct is going to beat all of you and no one really even wants to say anything about it let alone try to do something about it that's worst strategy group vote second nomination is Ruby slash Logan tough spot for the Rook to just say to Nelson and Tori, hey, you guys are good, but like I've got the best shot. Why don't you sit down? Let me try to pull a CT here. But Logan should have went by himself. We said it before, said it again. And I say this as someone who clearly, if if you've listened to this podcast at all, you know I love Nelson. I love, love, love Nellie T. And clearly, at this point, you probably have known, and I have said multiple times over that I absolutely adore Tori as well. Um, and so it is nothing against either of them. I just think uh, the best strategy in this was whoever has the best odds of completing it should go every single time. And I think until maybe they get like super tired or whatever, but that Logan should have went. Um, and then third and finally, Logan for picking a man. Well, you got to go with Devin. We talked about before. Those are your three nominees for worst strategy. And, you know, I'm going to go with Logan for picking a man. Well, uh, I think it cost him it cost him his game. I think he was gonna I think he would have beat Devin. I think he would have lost he's losing to a man well ten times out of ten in that. And I think him in versus Nelson uh would have been fascinating, but I think Nelson wins that seven out of the ten times, uh eight out of the ten times. Um and so I think your best chance was Devin by a long shot. And I think there was enough clues that he could have could have put together that there there was a even if he thought there was a little puzzle element, uh, could have put together that there's some physical running related element to it. So he gets the worst strategy for the night. Best moment, five nominees. And I think we've touched on pretty much every one of these at some point during this podcast. Nominee number one. Uh, actually, we have mentioned this, but only in the very, very tippy top intro of the pod. And that was Logan fixing the chessboard, which long time coming here. Uh, I forget... I only even honestly remember uh, the original 
kind of defaming of the chessboard from the week where I did this podcast, but then joined uh, Levi and George or Levi and Brian, as it was on the episode on the Redditors React podcast. And we talked at length about uh, Logan with taking the chessboard that everyone was using a lot and one of their only things to use in the house and writing all over it and taping a stick to it and just ruining the whole thing to hold up a Ruby forever, Ruby till death uh, sign when he was hurt with his hamstring and wanted to cheer on his, his teammates working out. Um, that chessboard now weeks later that they clearly haven't been able to use cause it's all torn up and, uh, whatever he is taping it back together. He's coloring back in some spots that have lost some of their color. Uh, either way, um, hilarious that the chessboard got another, another call back here. Hilarious that he decided after all this time, you know what? I should probably fix that. We're almost done here. We maybe only got a couple days left, but I should, should probably fix it. People have probably been wanting to use that for a while now. So that was moment number one. It was a very small one, but it definitely, definitely got me to chuckle a little. Then moment number two, CT's entire performance in the daily challenge. We talked about it at length. We don't got to do so again, but it was amazing. And is definitely a nominee for the moment of the episode. Number three, TJ laughing at everyone as they fall in. Most notably, the final fall that Devin takes, which is a really bad one. There was a few. Devin took a really bad looking one. Casey took a pretty bad looking one. Nelson had a pretty bad looking one at one point. Nelson and Tori actually like back to back, like really, really quickly back to back, had some bad ones. TJ laughed at them all, none harder, or at least the way they edited it, than when Devin fell at the end. That anytime TJ's laughing like that, it's amazing, and I love it. So that's nominee number three. Nominee number four, Amanda and CT in nominations. Their frustration with no one being willing to talk. We played it for you before. We're not going to do it again. But that whole that whole moment, starting with Amanda being like, come on, why won't someone do something? Come on, Nelson. And Nelson trying to tell her, like, no, nah, we don't do that. Like, I'm not going to do that. And her just kind of looking like, whatever, you should. It would be better. We're making a TV show, remember? All that whole moment is great. And then finally, the fifth nominee, the very end of the episode, TJ saying, you may rejoin the group. This is the night of eliminations. We're eliminating two more people. That, I mean, uh, the twists don't always land 100%. This one certainly did. Had no idea this was coming. Completely out of left field. Completely amazing and intense in uh, we'll talk more about it momentarily, but those are your five nominees and I am going to go because anytime it happens, it's gotta be my favorite moment of the episode when TJ laughs his ass off the way he was laughing his ass off. I just eat it all up. So that's the moment of the episode for me, but five great ones amongst a wonderful episode and into best quote, also five nominees. We've got first CT to his wife. We referenced it earlier, but Hey honey, should I come home or you want me to win another million dollars? You know, that, that exchange, we'll play a little long version of it here for you. So take it away, CT. <laughs> should, I, should I come home right now? I should yes. come home. Or should I stay here and win another million? That's not fair when you put it like that. No, if I'm not going to just leave. No, it's fine. Then we've got Kyle. Throw him out of planes. Put him on top of semi-trucks. He'll do pretty much anything on these shows. But let's go ahead and hear from Kyle what he would prefer to do versus not do and what he likes and doesn't like when TJ throws at them. Throw me out of the plane. Throw me out of the helicopter. I'll do anything like that. But throw me into some water. Don't like it. Could fall wrong. Here it is. 
Then we've got Emmy, who explains prior to CT's dominance in the Daily Challenge, prior to it actually happening, she kind of foreshadows the fact that it's going to happen by just giving us a nice little long quote about how unbelievably good CT is at everything. So let's hear that because it's a, it's a quote that can't be understated in an episode dominated so much by him. So take it away, Emmy. CT is like a ballerina. He's dancing through those bombs. It's incredible. This man is, is the champion. He's the greatest man alive. He's Uncle City. Then we've got Amanda, who after knocking Tori off, has a long string of commentary for Tori after doing it, talking all the shit, but stopping just short of saying, go ahead and die, because that's a little too far. But let's hear that whole thing from Amanda. Yes! See you later, bitch! Eat the water! Die! Okay, don't die, that's too far. But peace out, Tori, enjoy the water faceplant, yeah! And then fifth and then final nominee, TJ himself, gets in the mix when he realizes Amanda has tried a time or two but has pretty much given up and decided I'm just going to float in the water next to the ladder. Uh, TJ has a quick word for her, so let's hear that one from him. Yeah, Casey, nice. Amanda, you're not even close to running the final. You can't even get up the ladder. That's a joke. Get up. <laughs> Love a good TJ roast anytime we get it. I'm going to have to go with this one, though. As much as I want to give this award to CT for that Zoom call being perfect and amazing, I'm giving it to Amanda. Okay, don't die. That's a little too far. Thank you. Thank you for stopping somewhere with that, Amanda. You're correct. That's just a little too far. Everything else is is perfect, even as big Tory fans and big Amanda fans love the shit talking. So, Stopping short of death. That's 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 the exact right place to draw that line. That is the quote of the week. And as for episode MVP, we don't even have to have a debate. Not, you know, sorry, Emmanuel, you had a great episode. You didn't even get a vote for MVP. Sorry, Logan, you had a good episode. You lost in the end, but you didn't get a vote for MVP. Sorry to everyone else in this episode. Unanimous MVP of the episode, CT, and just for every reason we've talked about already, it's obvious. So CT is your MVP. Amanda, best quote. TJ, laughing, the best moment. Logan, picking Manuel, the worst strategy. CT, CT, going at it alone, the best strategy. Those are your awards. That's your hardware. Now, let's finally move into the power rankings and predictions and talk about that twist at long last. As TJ waited till the last moment of the episode to clue us in on the twist, we'll wait till the last moments of the podcast to talk about that twist, but here we are. Now we will talk about it before we can do our power rankings, our final power rankings of the season heading into the final. We're not quite at that final, so let's talk about it. We get to the end of the episode. Emmanuel wins. Logan goes home. We've got five and five. Logan exits. Emmanuel's standing there, and TJ says, you may rejoin the group. Everyone is stunned. What does that mean? Last time you said that, we switched from individual to teams. Are we switching from teams back to individual? What's going on? Are you going to tell us we're in the final? What, 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 And TJ says, where are we at right now? The layer. What do we do at the layer? We eliminate people. And that's what we're here to do tonight. It is the night of eliminations and two more people are going home before the final. They've got 10. He's only taken eight. 
I love it. I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. As I mentioned before, uh, I, the, I'm the, 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 well, one, two, two parts, both have been mentioned before. One, the twists don't always work. They don't always land. They don't always have the effect that they, the producers want them to have. And why would I say producers? That TJ wants them to have, because TJ does all of this completely by himself, as some of these cast members actually seem to believe. Um, but uh, they don't always land. This one 100% did. And they're not always you know, surprising. They're not always good. Um, they're sometimes it's like, Hey, or we don't need to do that. You know, um, this one I feel like is great in every single way. One, first and foremost, it is yet another solve for a problem. The challenge has had for the entire history of the show. And that is the final episode. You're like season finale, any other, any other television of any other kind, the season finale that's a big one. Everyone wants to watch the season finale. What are you talking about? And the challenge, not so much. It's actually usually because it's just one, you know, it's usually just the final or when, you know, worst case, when they do like the two-part finals, it's like, hey, some of us like myself that are here for the sporting event side of the show, all about it, love it, great. A lot of people aren't. And so when it's only like, you know, a lot of people would fans would say, you know, the daily challenges can be fun, but I'm here for everything else more. You don't get any of that when it's just the final for the full episode. And so they've always had this thing where it's kind of like, you know, one, they've had for years, they had the the number of people that they had left by the end when they kind of kept dwindling down, dwindling down and be like, all right, the last three episodes, there's only like eight people involved and then there's six and then there's four or whatever. And it's not as fun when there's not as many people to root for. If you have a favorite person, they're not there, whatever. So they got good at like, how can we keep the most people the latest into the game? And then, you know, purge a bunch of people right before or now the status quo for a while has been 10 people make the final no matter what, sometimes more, sometimes a purge right before. Um, so they kind of solved a little bit of that of how do we get more people near the end to keep as many people in as many episodes as possible, but they hadn't solved for or tried or, you know, been open to what if the last episode isn't just the final? What if we just kind of speed through the final when we get to there and just be like, Oh, this person won. Here's a couple highlights, but this one now it makes the last episode next week incredible. Cause now we're going to get what 20, 30, 40 minutes of the two eliminations, and then you're going to squeeze the final into a pretty short, you know, 45 to 50 minute window. Perfect. Fantastic. Bra fucking vo to these people for figuring this out and kind of making that little solve and adding that excitement. And now I am way, way, I mean, I would have been hyped for this finale anyways. Obviously I'm hyped for any episode of the challenge regardless. I'm not a good test audience, but the, uh, the percentage of people that would have been hyped for the final episode of the season went up dramatically with this twist. So for that reason, it's great. And second one, second, the second big, big thing about it that has to be said is this, I am one that argued has argued very recently, in fact, in our uh, Challenge Generations YouTube video that, yet again, another little plug, if you haven't watched it, go watch it. We, it's a two-part video. One part is how I fix the show or you know, bring some of all-stars into the regular show. I've got three fixes. One of them is simplify the format. So I am a big proponent of, let's get this format back simple. Let's not switch partners and teams and stuff every single freaking week, all this other stuff. But if the game is going to be this ever-changing and confusing, then fuck it. Go all the way and do shit like this. I like, if if I'm given the scenario I've been given of this, the season's gonna be 
all kinds of formats, all kinds of convoluted, then absolutely go for it at the end and drop this massive twist. It's fantastic. It's great. Do I still want a simple format to come back? Yes. But again, uh, I'm not, I maybe not, I'm not articulating this point super, super well, but if it's going to be this convoluted way, then at least make it legit exciting at the end in a way that they just did. So hats off to them for pulling that off. Love the twist. And that leads us to our power rankings because with that twist, we know only eight people are going to the finals. And I have to imagine if right now there's a team of five, a team of three, and a team of two, and we're going to eliminate two more people and possibly one of those or both of them could be from the Ruby team that only has two people left. So I'm going to assume by the TJ saying you may rejoin the group, the same exact phrase he used when they switched from individuals to teams in the beginning means we're going back to individuals for the finals, which means the teams are done. So we're not even going to power rank the teams. You know what? I will very quick. If these teams without eliminating anyone else would run the final, Sapphire would win, hands down. Um, anyways, on to assuming that this is a an individual final. Maybe they'll pair off from time to time, you know, and do segments together. Maybe they'll team up from time to time to do segments together. But eventually, I believe there is going to be one male and one female winner. That is what we are basing the power rankings on, the final ones of the year. You're And there's only a top five. Everyone makes the top five now because there's only five males and five females left. So let's start on the female side of things. Um, I'm assuming... Two people eliminating, that obviously means one male, one female. Who knows? Maybe this could be a two people go in and they are partners and they have to, you know, it's a partner elimination and the, the partners lose together, win together. Maybe it's two individual eliminations. Who knows? Maybe it's just a purge. Everyone competes. Who knows? But either way, female power rankings, top five going into the final episode. We're going Casey, Tori, Emmy, Nani, Amanda. Basically, I'm assuming everyone is available to go into this elimination, and I, you know, I'm going to put Nani and Amanda at the bottom of if if any matchup of these five people goes down, they I think their odds are a little bit lower than the rest of winning the elimination. And then once it's in the final, if it's an individual game, Casey's got to be at the top, Tori's got to be right behind Emmy, Nani, Amanda. That's your top five on and your only five on the female side. On the male side, CT Nelson, Emmanuel, Kyle, Devin. Uh, now that it's individual, I'm sorry, Devin, you're my guy. I got your shirt on and everything. Uh, wear Devin Walker again, another free little spot there. But, uh, if, if we're running this final solo versus being able to be the mastermind behind a really good team, um, you're, he's going to be at the bottom. And I think he's now, he finally, he avoided that, that last elimination. So we thought, and now maybe not Kyle, uh, right above him. Emmanuel Nelson, CT. CT has to be in the top spot, and I just think this is Nelly T season. I've got him number two, um, and Emmanuel in number three, uh, given that I think now we can pretty much unequivocally say he's got the best endurance and the best speed for the running aspect, which is kind of the biggest aspect of a final, but it's not the only one. Uh, you know, we've, I have no problems with the amount he's of blood. He is supposedly willing to drink, um, that he's going to have no problem with the eating portion. That's not something you would normally say for a rookie. You've never seen do it before, but if anyone we can unequivocally say, yeah, we haven't seen them eat a bunch of wild shit before, but I feel like they're going to be able to eat a bunch of wild shit. It's a Manuel, So I think he'll do good at that one. Um, but so I kind of put him right up there with CT Nelson, Manuel, any of those three win, I would not be surprised um, Kyle or Devin wins over the rest of them, I would be a little bit surprised. Um, so that's where those shake out. As for predictions, uh, on the season, 
We have got one, two, three, four, five, six, and four still. We can't cross any more on or off of our list of our 15. The one still in play. CT going to win the final. Still very well could happen. Still feel good about it. Devin will not see an elimination unless a rule purge forces everyone to do so. I feel like it's about to be a rule purge situation that forces him if he does. So I might give myself that one and say, I've got seven right. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and do it. That's correct. Final challenge will be individual, not in teams. I thought I was going to get this run wrong, and now it's looking like I'm going to get it right. CT and Tori will end up on the same team for the final. Looks like that's going to probably be a loser, but never say never, so we're not crossing off yet. And then Nelson is going to fucking win. Let's go. Uh, so can't get CT and Nelly T both right, but can get one of them. But uh, I will I will save actual any more predictions because now they are anything I would add to it is simply a prediction for the next episode, which is what we do on the Tuesday review preview podcast every single Tuesday. You should be listening to that if you're listening to this one. Uh, so I will save all the predictions for then check out that for my final predictions going into the final of format. It's going to be who's going to win, how it's all going to go down. We'll make some predictions next Tuesday, but That is all for this episode of the pod. That is all for this episode of Spies, Lies, and Allies. Another absolute banger. I know the ratings are dipping again for this show the last few weeks, and that is such a travesty because the last four to five weeks have been absolute A-plus amazing challenge content. I'm loving every single minute of it. Thank you to all the cast members that are making it so amazing. Thank you to the production. Thank you to you guys for watching it and then listening to this. I assume you're watching it before you're listening to this podcast. If you're not, thanks even more, I guess, but seems a little odd. You might as well watch the show too. I promise it's more entertaining than my hopefully somewhat entertaining discussion of it after the fact. But either way, thank you for being here. Hit that follow subscribe button, head on over to Instagram, follow us there at challenge historian. If you want some extra content, go on over to that YouTube page, hit the subscribe there. It doesn't cost you anything. It helps me out a whole lot. Watch that latest video. If you want to watch the podcast, they're available there until then. Uh, until next week, we got a final ahead of us. We've got an episode of all stars before that. So that recap will be up tomorrow. The review preview next Tuesday, looking at this final in a big, big way. And then next Wednesday night, we'll be back to talk about it all. The crown a champion here on challenge spies, lies, and allies. I am your challenge historian, Jacob Hall. Well, thank you so very much for being here until we talk again. Peace. Peace.